0: With Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: All right, we have an amazing show tonight on this Saturday night. I have Opal Singleton in the studio from Million Kids. She's the president and the CEO. I saw her speak in Orange County at Barnabas Group and She got up and only spoke for 15 minutes, and my head was spinning.
2: So thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I truly appreciate it. Well, listen, you have, a,
1: you have a huge resume, and you do a lot of things, so I'm just going to let you um, talk about exactly what you do. I know you do a radio show, and you train the sheriffs, and much more. Do you want to uh, tell us exactly what you do?
2: Sure. Well, <laughs> let me share a little bit of my life. I am yeah. a Christian. Uh, I retired in 2000. This is my retirement you look at here. Wow. Uh, I had, uh, at the time, three million frequent flyer miles, and had a successful career, I actually took about seven years to retire, and I became a glass artist and traveled around and did the cruise thing and the RV thing. I highly recommend that, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure I messed that up. But in 2008, uh, my husband and I decided to start going to church, and uh, we had not done that in the past. Um, I was a little reluctant about churches and getting involved, but that church had a mission in Cambodia. And because of my international background, I was fascinated. I began to sell my artwork, and I, I went to Cambodia. And I went there several times. I actually lived there for four months in 2012. And I was the acting country director of the largest safe house in Cambodia with Rafa International. And I'm still on their board. In 2010, God really intervened in my life. Uh, I felt one night the need to go to a very small meeting. I was the only audience. There were four presenters. They were all from the Riverside County Sheriff Department and one sheriff deputy in Riverside County. Now, I know this show goes across the nation. If you don't know where I'm talking talking about. It's about 60 miles east of L.A., Mm -hmm. about 90 miles north of San Diego. And our county's one of the biggest in the nation, covers 7,200 square miles, and we have a huge diverse population. We have, uh, you know, a huge uh, migrant and agricultural uh, transient kind of population on the east, and it goes all the way to the Arizona border, but we also have a lot of very sophisticated schools and cities in there. So, I met a deputy who had started to realize that we were having human trafficking in Riverside County. And that what he was seeing was not prostitution as usual, if you will, but rather forced prostitution. And I met him, and he said, would you be my training and outreach coordinator? Because I was the only other person he had met, this is back in 2010, that knew that trafficking had a K in it. Mm. And he said that made me qualify. Mm. So people want to know what I did to prepare? I showed up, and I cared. Mm -hmm. anyway uh, that was the beginning I've he's told me you have to raise all your own money pay all your own way what he did not know about me is I'm a rabid researcher Mm -hmm. I still am today I have tens of thousands of hours of research especially on technology and so he went undercover and I sat at my kitchen table and the the deal began Mm -hmm. and it has been a journey since then now, the task force is very sophisticated. We're one of three that is federally funded for the third time in the United States. I'm the original member. Wow, that's um, amazing. Finally, after about two and a half years of doing it for free, they put me on the payroll for 20 hours a week. Mm. So I'm making like <laughs> 75 cents an hour, but I'm employed and things are looking up, you know? That's I would do this for free. Yeah, yeah. But um, now, our task force here in Southern California, we have 160 open cases. Many of these cases will have 10 to 30 to 50 teenagers. I was involved in their biggest case had over 120 teenagers that were being violated. So um, it's been quite a journey to, to shorten this up here. I now have three jobs at USC, University of Southern California, where I train law enforcement. Those are elite schools to train law enforcement at uh safe communities institute are these are these uh sheriffs cops i mean yes and chiefs of police and uh people are about to be uh promoted that kind of thing i actually i am post certified which means peace officers standardized training certified uh to train law enforcement across the nation I, i in fact i just came back from pennsylvania and uh and uh, Kansas City, this last week, can't even remember where I was. Anyway, um, and Anchorage, Alaska, and all over that I've trained. Um, I served on the panel that wrote the curriculum for the state of California for law enforcement. I trained uh, at the LA Fire Training Academy for uh, fire departments all across the nation and also statewide for code enforcement. Uh, I have two radio shows. I've written two books. I'm working on a documentary. And uh, this is my retirement. So there you go. How's the
1: documentary coming? (laughs) Because I know you were talking about it when I first seen you.
2: Well, I'm asking for your prayers for to yeah. bring us into where we need to be. I am very excited. Uh, we have raised. Uh, you mentioned the Barnabas group; that yep. was that was very helpful in getting visibility. We have raised two thirds of what we need. When I first started, I thought that I could get this done for like a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. I'm now starting to realize that it needs to be net, net. Flex quality. You can yeah, see that. Yeah, yep. Amazon, Hula, that There's kind of thing. Now, yep. Yep. Get it out to parents, get it out to kids, mm-hmm. and then support it with the grassroots movement of people to get it in churches and also their school. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I made $190,000. i am working to get the last uh, $110,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very close to making a decision about the uh, production company. We formed a uh, documentary advisory council uh, because – You know, this, I want this to be world class. This documentary will not be about sex. I want to make that clear. There are a lot of sex trafficking um, documentaries out there. I want this to be about how the Internet is made and how it, how the new technologies will be used and how it can be used for good and how it can be used for bad. Mm-hmm. And I want it so that parents can value it, but also for teenagers. So we'll talk a, a little bit more about that as we get into the technology section of this. But this is critical, Ryan, and the reason this is critical is that Human trafficking is a very diverse subject, but at the core of it is gang trafficking. Gangs are 90% of the cases across the nation, wow. and they are using social media. Mm-hmm. Now, gangs aren't like they used to be. I mean, you know, you and I maybe think of them like over in L.A. where they stand around in their baggy pants and their yep. chains and mm-hmm. their rap music. are right. they're, mm-hmm. they're, I say gangs have IT guys, you know, yep. they're... Underground, if you will. They're using dating sites. Uh, Tinder, Meet Me are the two Mm -hmm. biggest ones. Scout, Mm -hmm. S-K-O-U-T, a new one, My, Laugh Out Loud, My, LOL. And so where before the most likely target for a victim would be a foster kid, homeless, runaway, or pregnant teenager – now it's straight a students who normally would never be involved in a gang but they're on a dating site and they don't realize what they're doing dude isn't that wow. crazy how times oh, have changed crazy.
0: what are you yeah. talking about like the sophistication that's yes. behind everything mm-hmm. as it's strategic in there they're plotting when we you know uh, talk about the subject human trafficking and it is something that a lot of people are speaking about some have some knowledge not a lot of knowledge When has the big push, you would say, in the last 10, 20 years, when has it expanded to the the dangerous epidemic it is today?
2: Well, I think there are several driving forces on human trafficking. Across the nation, about 30 percent is foreign national trafficking and 70 percent is what we call domestic U.S. citizens. Uh, Human trafficking is a much broader subject than many activists really acknowledge or or recognize. What will happen with human trafficking is that you'll hear a, a, a survivor speak maybe, and you need to hear them and understand their story. But that is still one person's experience. Uh, or you'll see a documentary that's – and some of those are more accurate than others, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I've been doing this for many years now, and what I know is it's a very broad subject. I teach an eight-hour course on it over at USC, and even then you can't cover it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are various kinds of trafficking. like oh, That's what I was just going to ask yeah. you. What are all the different – kinds of yeah.
1: tragedy because you would just think mm. oh you're just you're getting a girl you're selling her for sex or something right but well, it's, it's
2: equal to boys right uh, no it's not really it's a uh 17% boys, 83% girls, oh. until we get to sextortion when we start in the next segment talking about got technology. It. Got it, got it. Uh, but for actually being put into forced prostitution, 83% are girls. Oh. Let me kind of uh, back up a minute, because yeah. one of the things that is greatly overlooked is uh, foreign national trafficking. And uh, we are seeing some tremendous trends in that um, – Uh, Throughout the nation, what we're seeing is, especially uh, from Asian uh, countries where girls are being brought in legally, you think of trafficking as smuggling or being brought in uh, illegal illegal or undocumented. Uh, that's a fascinating thing because many people are brought in legally on student visas and work visas. Mm-hmm. And think about how devastating that is for those folks, okay? I mean, they're they're living in some little village outside of Ho Chi Minh City, and somebody comes to town and tells mom, hey, your daughter is a star, a 4.0 student. She's just graduated. I'll get her into UC Riverside, okay? I'll get her uh, transportation. I'll get her housing. We'll take care of her and uh you know this girl's like out of her mind excited the the whole community raises the money she comes in legally, they pick her up, they take her documents, and they drive right by that university and the next thing is she's in a sleazy little massage parlor out of Merino Valley mm, and there's some Asian women, they're waiting for her, and she will never leave that facility. And what will happen is she'll get moved around. And one of the things that we're starting to see, not very far from where we're sitting over here in San Gabriel, was my first experience with a large-scale Asian ring. And uh, it was run by Jerry Wang. I can say his name because he's been convicted. Uh, There were five of them. They were making so much money by bringing people in legally and then putting them out, tricking them, and putting them out into forced prostitution. They had 50 different bank accounts in nine different banks. This was going on throughout all of Southern California. And catch this. This is the first case I saw where when you, the sex buyer, called in, I'm not making this up. You got a telemarketing center. That's how big it was. You think you're going to talk to Susie Wong? You get the next girl up. they are using the same ads in like twelve different cities simultaneously. You call in, you get a telemarketing center, and they send the next girl up mm. and that 's how big it was so that 's one style okay, of I have trafficking one, I have a question
1: so how come these girls can 't just call the cops or they're, are they 're scared to death Yes, feared? part of it
2: has to do with the culture but no, oh, no. In initially they're tricked, and they're humiliated, especially in the Asian culture, losing face is a very serious thing. But their family back home is being threatened, you know. And uh, on top of it, you know, think about this. She's come in, and all of a sudden, she's probably a virgin. That's very Mm -hmm. important in Mm -hmm. that culture. And now she's forced into this. She can't get free. They watch her 24 hours a day. On top of it, you know, in Vietnam, you do not pick up the phone and call the police, and you're not gonna do that to the Riverside County Sheriff Department. Mm. And there's a, there's a language barrier. But the biggest thing is it's connected to their families back home. Right. Mm. I can give you five foreign national cases that are being run by telemarketing centers across the nation. And so that's the reason why I want to share this with your people. I just came from uh, Butler, Pennsylvania, Mm. and you're saying, how much trafficking can they have? They had one of those big foreign national massage parlor rings that was being run across the nation. So they're multinational. They're huge dollars. And it's all about money laundering, Mm. you know, using other people. And these girls, number one, they come over, they they get here, and then every time they go out to have sex, they are charged. First of all, they don't get the money they make for the sex act. And people need to hear this out in the audience right, and share yeah. this. And they're charged for their driver, their motel room, the ad that they're sold on. Oh, yeah, they're true. charged for everything. At the end of the day, after being violated maybe 15 times a day, they owe their captor more money than the day, the moment they started
1: wow unbelievable Yes, this is
2: evil but let's talk about uh our kids and u.s trafficking because i think that's really important to your to your people
1: yes i want to talk about that and also because we're in southern california and we have the mexico border right right Mm -hmm. down the way
2: Mm -hmm.
1: now is that uh just a question off the top is that Are people just uh, getting American kids and running them over the border? Is that? No, it
2: it can happen. I just had a case like that out of San Bernardino where, in fact, she was murdered and burned. Mm. And uh, and a friend of hers almost went with her. Uh, And so that can happen, but that's not the bulk of the kind of way it's happening. Let me address the difference, first of all, between smuggling and trafficking, and then we'll get into how this is really working. Uh, There is a difference uh, between smuggling. Smuggling, regardless of what you hear on the TV, okay, Mm -hmm. smuggling is an an illegal act. In Mm -hmm. other words, uh, you pay your coyote money down in, in, let's say, Mexico somewhere, And he brings you up here, you cross over a border, and regardless of all the stuff that's on radio and TV, you have broken a federal law. We have not dissolved that, that, you know. And you can call them undocumented or illegal, whatever you think. But the truth is, it's illegal because they have broken a federal law. And that's what illegal means. That's what illegal means. (laughs) You know, you're right on, Ryan. I agree. However, you're not a victim of human trafficking. You you have been smuggled. You've broken a law. If you pay your coyote money which is more often what's going to happen and they bring you up there usually it's about five grand down Mm. in california down in uh, mexico and then they bring you up here they don't let you go excuse me they say i need another three or four thousand dollars okay go go ahead and grab a a drink of water here excuse me no worries they don't let you go they say i need some more money that is coercion Mm. and now you're a victim of human trafficking I need more water. All right, let me grab some water. I'm going to go ahead and plug your name. We have Opal Singleton
1: in studio <laughs> for million kids. She's the president and CEO. She spends her life, her retirement now, <laughs> um, training um, law enforcement all across the nation. She has a couple radio shows, books, and working on a documentary. No, I'm <laughs> must be I, I cannot wait for this documentary, by the way. Thank you. No.
2: Anyway, so it's important to understand the difference between smuggling and trafficking because of all the conversation that's going on. I will tell you, though, that the bulk of the cases that we see here, and, and one of the things I didn't tell you is I am the training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Sheriff Department. So I report to Sergeant John Sawyer. We have a team of eight full-time people plus seven on loan. And so I handle real cases. I sit with parents who are missing their kids. I sit with kids who are being exploited. And so this is the real deal. I do have a contract with the Department of Justice. And so the bulk of the cases that we see involve our young people. Uh, The average age in our area for getting into this is about 14. It just really kind of grips it. Now, Human trafficking is the fastest growing crime in America. California is the number one state over and over and over. It is almost twice as many cases as Texas, then Florida. Why, Why is that? I have, well, I'm prejudiced on my opinions, but number one, having just come from Butler, Pennsylvania, it's warmer out here, so it's easier to take your clothes off. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It was eight degrees in Butler, and I'm thinking, who's committing human trafficking back here? You don't want to address. I I digress. But part of it is we have a heavy amount of gangs. Mm. Um, California has kind of an interesting approach to criminalization. We've kind of decriminalized the, the idea of being a criminal. Uh, So there's a lot of that. Plus, I think that the way we raise our children out here, having traveled a lot across the United States, on the most part, we're a lot more liberal in what we consider being okay. You know, you go to a California school, you see, you know, midriffs everywhere, Uh, cleavage, uh, you know, the stuff hanging out the bottom of their shorts, you know, and, uh, you know, so so that is part of it. And I think our kids are more willing to take chances. On the internet, which is how it will often start. Yeah, more liberal, not And, not
0: and probably a very fast-paced society, California, Los yes. Angeles and everything. So a lot of times there's a disconnect with the parents right. with their children uh-huh. have a lot of freedom that right. maybe they shouldn't have.
2: Right. So uh, talking about that sort of thing, uh, what you're seeing here is the way this works is that um, it'll be an independent pimp or it'll be a gang member who is a pimp. And oftentimes there's a very small line between the two. In other words, pimps will work with gang members and many, many gang members are now pimps. Gangs are making more money selling people than they are selling drugs. That's <laughs> been going on. Them, right? yeah. They keep reusing them. They don't have to replace them. But more importantly, you know, they can use these people 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And they do. And uh, the other thing is there's a huge availability of young girls, especially, willing to take chances on the internet. And part of it is because of a fantasy relationship. I've never met a kid yet that understood what the route they was about they were about to go down. Uh, let me give you a couple, three cases to demonstrate yeah, my yeah. story, if you don't mind. Uh, we had one just this week, and I don't want to get too detailed because she's, it's a live case. Beautiful kid from the middle of California, went on a dating site, met up with this guy. Our girls love these guys with tats, mm-hmm. tattoos, these weirdo tattoos. I'm sorry I'm showing sure my age, but you know, <laughs> some, some of these tattoos are scary. Anyway, she, she gets this fantasy relationship. You see what happens, the kid gets on the Internet and it doesn't feel like a world with consequences. It feels like some, some reality where they don't have to pay a price. Yep. And, you know, they start sending photos, and they get naked photos, and they start falling in love. And the way pedophiles work is they will only give you a little bit of information. In fact, I wrote a book on this called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. Hmm. Historically, it looks like a boyfriend for the most part. And this very girl up in the middle of California, she fell in love. And this guy is a pimp, a uh, gang member down in my area. Uh, he drives 300 miles up. Now, the parents, I, I was up there training, but not too long ago in middle of California. There's, I not, have, much, there's not much going on up there
1: either. Oh,
2: there so, uh, is. Well, I'm sorry. As far as like for, <laughs> yes. for her.
1: Yes. So she's like getting yeah. this fantasy of... That whole
2: of uh, Fresno, Madeira, the whole yeah. central part yeah. there, Bakersfield. Yeah. Uh, full of gangs. And by the way, the chief of police and president, he just retired, his name was Dyer. I never got to meet him. Yeah. But because I have studied every case in America yeah. for the last 10 years, the man's my hero, because yeah. I see his cases. Anyway, uh, so I talked to the parents of this girl. I was training in a school when yeah. the principal told me, you're victims from our school. And they they go into schools to recruit, and they use their girls to recruit, which they did mm-hmm. in this case also. Mm-hmm. The parents told me, this girl, I saw her photo. She's absolutely beautiful, very smart, just a beautiful girl. And she pursued this guy. And the parents said, we did everything we knew to do. You know, we took her out of school, we, we took away some of her social media, but she connected with him and disappeared. This is a tragic case because this this girl was sold into a gang down here in my county. And then that gang sold her to a gang in Ventura, which sold her to a gang in Bakersfield, which sold her to a gang in Fresno, and ultimately back to her hometown. That, that girl, is incredible. That girl was sold to five gangs in four weeks. How old was she? She's 16, and she's absolutely beautiful. Wow. And this case now is pending, so, you know, I don't want to yes. identify anybody. Yeah. But my point is she is a beautiful girl who was never able to understand what was about to happen to her. And it's happening again. I have other cases yeah. like that. I have uh, cases out of out of Merino Valley uh, that what you'll see is a guy who's just a really bad guy. I mean. Our our people that follow me and kids on Facebook, and I hope you will do that, join, go to Facebook, find million kids and follow. One of the things they'll see is this 15-year-old girl's like with this really nasty guy. How did that happen? Why is she picking him? She didn't pick him. She fell in love on a dating site, and then she was traded and traded and traded, and she ends up with someone who's very violent. Yeah. We had a case out of Merino Valley she, where he had 28 girls, all of them 15 to 18 years old, sold them across the United States. And literally, your, your people can't see this because we're using radio, but he tattooed their, his name right down the side of their faces, each one of those faces. And there were 28 teenagers I don't in know that if you case. You see that. Yeah. There's the camera. Yeah.
1: So I, I got a question Where do these guys keep?
2: All these girls, they move them around what the way what? this works is and, and let me back up to help your parents here. The first thing that will happen is a a guy who looks like a boyfriend will swoop in and you feel the tension you don 't like him, you start to argue with him, uh, you argue with her, you try to you know you 're saying you 're grounded, clean up your room he 's saying hey baby you 're hot you 're in that tug of war mm-hmm. at that point, Mom and dad, you must get help. You must get help immediately for her and for you separately. This will never get any better. What is happening is you're not arguing with her and you're not arguing with a boyfriend. You're arguing with the fantasy he's created. And when a parent gets in a tug of war with a fantasy, they lose. So they get them in there and they break them. And I, I know this is a hard conversation to have publicly, but You know, they burn them, they cut them, they rape them, they film that, they They force them to watch Mm -hmm. it, they drug them, they move them from place to place, they take pictures and sell it out in pornography, they force the kids to look at their photos so that they feel like they can't go back. They're being Mm -hmm. drugged, they don't know what town they're in, they're set up in a motel, they're advertised out on the internet, and they don't know what town they're in, they don't know what name they're being sold under. And, and you know, all day long this goes on, and they're picked up and moved. And so that's, number one, they have a self-degrading image where they feel like they can't go back. Mm-hmm. Number two, they have kind of a Stockholm Syndrome with a guy that they pursued in there. And number three, they're totally uh, dysfunctional mentally because they're, they're lost, they're being drugged, they're being moved around and like that. And so they don't know how to get help. And many times they will conti- continue to go back to their predator because they feel like that's all they deserve. Wow. wow. They've been that
1: broke Yeah, that they think, man. Unbelievable. Okay, Opal Singleton from Million Kids. She's the president and CEO. Find her on Facebook, and she has books. She does her own radio show. A lot of information. Um, As we're talking about this, just speaking to the uh, Southern California people, um, what have you seen in in Southern California as far as like with Orange County, L.A., uh, Riverside County, High Desert? Is there a difference, or is it all pretty much Because I live in Orange County and I've seen a lot, heard a lot more uh, information um, of human trafficking situations Mm now.
2: Yes. Actually, here, um, there's not a difference in the counties because we share victims. Okay. Uh, a case will often, you'll get recruited in Merino Valley. You'll be usually taken over to San Bernardino, uh, sold out in Ontario, uh, Garden Grove, El Monte, uh, El Monte, Garden Grove, Los Angeles, Long Beach, going south into San Diego. Yeah, Sorry. No uh Get real handsy here. <laughs> anyway. Um, and so you're on that circuit. So we may start a case in Riverside, but just like our girl that I talked about before, mm-hmm. we're working with Ventura County, or we're working with Fresno, yeah, they just or we're working with San Diego. Years, yeah. And so we all work together. There are two federally funded task forces in Southern California, Riverside and Los Angeles. Uh, so we are, we're dedicated. Others will have it, but it'll be part of a, of a sheriff department or something like that. So we will all work together and then the case lands wherever we can get it through court. Mm. But here in Southern California, it is absolute rampant in every county that every we county. have. Mm. And it's rampant even going north up to Fresno and Oakland and and believe it or not, Redding, Portland, Seattle and like oh, that yeah. all across and oh, uh yeah. Las Vegas. But, you know, I just came from uh Pennsylvania and Ohio it goes right across those corridors mm. there with that you'll see where they're being moved around. And so depending on the gang activity, uh, for instance, the East Coast and West Coast, we have MS-13 gangs that will do that. That's, where were they located? Uh, heavy in L.A., moving out this way somewhat. But uh, MS-13 is an interesting thing. We hear about it uh, from from President Trump, and I think people think of it as a political issue. But I've been talking about that long before he was in office. MS thirteen is Mars Salvatruccia. They started in our LA prisons and then we deported him way back when and they went back to El Salvador and now they're back.
1: Okay, you know what? Hold that thought because okay. we're gonna be going to break. This is amazing information. I have Opal Singleton in studio, for million kids, president and CEO. We're gonna be going to break in a few minutes, but I do wanna plug you guys into the Whosoever's movement. Um, We are continuing to tour schools. This is why we want to get in front of kids and let them know that God has a plan for them. And if they align their will with his, they won't end up in a lot of these situations. And if you want to see any of the past shows, you could download our app, the Whosoever's, um, on the App Store, which has all the past shows for the last, I don't know, two and a half, three years, maybe longer now. But um, it's all available there for free video so you can see what's actually happening in studio. Love you guys, and talk to you guys in two
0: minutes. More Live with Ryan Reese coming up. Uh, Is everything all right? Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. To live with Ryan Reese. Don't say
1: Loud noises. I told you this show was going to be intense. The good thing is we're actually going to do a double show. So what you guys are hearing now is going to be one show, and then the next following weekend we're going to do another show hitting on social media and what's happening there, and that's a whole nother level. So I'm back in studio with uh, Opal Singleton from Million Kids. She's the president and CEO, has a couple different uh, radio shows, books, working on a documentary, and trains law enforcement all over the United States. Right. So thank
2: you for being here. here. Uh, MS-13 is a fascinating gang. They were the first transnational gang declared to be transnational by the U.S. Treasury Department back in 2012 because of the amount of money that they make and are transporting that back to El Salvador. Uh, The reason why they're unique is they're particularly violent, and they use their gang members to Uh, really recruit our girls, especially they'll often do this in school. They're mainly headquartered in LA and over in Virginia and New York and and, uh, the Baltimore area. However, what is fascinating to me is when I was training the Alaska State Troopers, they're up in Alaska in Anchorage. They operate like a clique. They're different than like Bloods and Crips where you maybe see them and they're very visible and intimidate you. They're very quiet. They move across quietly across the United States. They're in Western Wyoming coming out of Salt Lake there. They're in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, I saw a case back in Butler, Pennsylvania when I was there. And so the reason I point that out is suddenly they'll have a very violent case. We had a a girl uh, case back East, and she was 16 years old, just beautiful. She had a boyfriend, but she flirted with an MS-13 guy one time, and they considered that a love triangle. They uh, invited her to by social media to meet up with them. I can just imagine how scared she must have been. Anyway, she showed up. They stripped her naked. They took fence posts. They took turns stabbing her to death. They filmed it, and they narrated it. We just had a case like this over here by Simi Valley of a guy who made the mistake of putting a line through MS-13 graffiti, just one. And uh, they got him into a public park, and they ended up beating him to death with machetes, cutting his heart out, putting it on a stake, and dispersing his body parts. Um, so they're very violent. And that's the reason why I want you to understand they really are. They're, I think they're, uh, their motto is rape, uh, kill, and something Destroy. else. I can't remember. Something like that. Yes. And uh, so they're very violent. Now, I want to get back a little bit about this grooming thing, yes. Uh, because gangs are using it to groom, but so are individual pimps. And so, want to? Uh, I wrote the book, "Seduce the Grooming of America's mm-hmm. Teenagers." I would encourage your your uh, people to order it. Yeah, you where, can. Where can they find it? Uh, you can get it at Amazon, but quite frankly, if you'll buy it from millionkids.org, org, I will sign it for you, and we have more of the money that goes to the work, Perfect. and and we use that to fund our work because we're a reasonably small nonprofit. So I want to talk about grooming. There's about three ways that grooming really takes place. There can be maybe four, but usually three. Uh, the, The primary one is this boyfriend thing where he swoops in, he gives her everything. And that's the ones that the parents see most often. And the book Seduced is all about how to help a parent unpack that fantasy Mm -hmm. where you're in there because what happens when you meet someone on the internet it isn't like if you date them for nine months you know who they are on the internet you can talk to someone for a long time but they don't give you anything about themselves Mm -hmm. you're making up everything you want and Mm we're all like that by the way adult dating sites are like that Mm -hmm. you know you get on there and you know and i'm a a widow who's newly engaged here, but back before that time, one time I went on some of those dating sites Mm. and you look at it and you go, wow, look at that sailboat you know, and my my (laughs) assistant Mona said to me, Opal, didn't you write a book on fantasy relationships? (laughs) You know, it was amazing how quickly you could get sucked in to, you want what you want and our kids really want that. So, he'll look like a boyfriend, he'll give her everything and then the next thing you know, he turns the table on her. You know, hey baby, I know I've been buying this stuff for you, but I'm a little short of cash. You know, just need you to help me out here. You know, I have a friend here and it be fine with me uh, you know he, he really admires you and it'll help us pay the bills this girl sees herself in business with him she does not see herself in prostitution or him as a pimp and by the way we we don't call her that either ever but she will be starting to be loyal. And then he ups the ante. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Pretty so soon, he's asking her to go to sleep Yes, with, have with sex over and over. And pretty soon she has a quota of 8 to 15 guys a night, and he's keeping all the money. Um, and he hmm. begins to beat her, and it changes. And I, I do want to share with you. I heard a, she's still living at home. Well, sometimes, but usually by that time she's ran off with him. Yeah, and, and she's they, moving around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I heard a survivor once and I, I greatly admired this lady, but I thought it told the story well. She said, I met this guy and he wanted me to do this. And I said to myself, I'll do this, but I won't do that. And then he kind of upped the ante, and it got worse. And I said, I'll do this, but I won't do that. And then pretty soon I had a quota. I was being beat. I couldn't eat. And he was demanding all kinds of things. And I'd say, I'll do this, but I won't do that. And then she said, one day there was no more that. And that's how—that's called Romeo pimping. Now, there's gorilla pimping out there, and this is male or female. I'm going to come back and do the male. We just talked about uh, Lawrence Gunn that had the 28 girls— that's just somebody who's very violent. They just um, beat you, they tattoo you, they burn you, they cut you, they move you around, and you can't get free. And if you fear. Yeah, yeah, if you get free, they'll kidnap you back, yeah. they will. But the other one is uh, female gorilla pimping, and 60% of the cases of human trafficking, the girl is recruited by another girl. That's high percentage. Yes, and it's usually in a school. You'll often mm. see that in there. And by another student by another student who is in fact set up in that school, that's why I train in schools all over Southern California to watch for that and By the way, this is really big of the of the uh, undocumented or what do you call those uh, unaccompanied minors that get here. Think about that these girls owe their their coyote money. And so they're going to either earn it themselves or they're going to recruit other people to do it. And so it goes very, very quickly in the recruiting process, usually under five days. The first sign that a girl, she'll be a little bit older. She'll probably be a senior or junior, and she's preying on a freshman or sophomore. Usually, for whatever reason, the first sign is they get them a set of nails, maybe some technology. But what they'll do is where the boyfriend pimping goes on for months— that the uh, female, it's like five days, and what will happen is they'll take her somewhere, water park, uh, you know, someplace, and sell her into a gang. And then, poof, the girl's gone. Wow. And that is called uh, what we call a bottom girl. It's actually called something else on the street, but I don't use language like right. that, mm-hmm. even on the radio. Yes. <laughs> so we'll just call her bottom. So – at that point, that's when they began to get sold out. They're sold in truck stops, and we have done a lot of training in this area with trucking companies. Uh, they're sold at special events, like I worked the, uh, with the FBI up at the Super Bowl up uh, Santa Clara. Oh Claire. yeah, I've heard about the Super Bowl stuff. only uh, saw about a fifteen percent bump when, when during that, but they did a lot of hype. Mm. But you know how we have Stagecoach and Coachella yeah, out right. here. Yep. That all of a sudden it went way up, they'll wow. be sold there. Or they'll be sold at conventions where there's uh, engineering and technical conventions. Not a lot of talk about that. But for the most part, they're sold online. Now, the biggest one used to be Backpage, but they're out of business, They they shut them down. Now, that that we should all be celebrating that except it's made law enforcement's life much more difficult because what happened is that there's this law that says if you're advertised or you're promoted on a site and you end up being violated, you can sue the site. So all the sites went off. I keep doing that. All the sites go offshore. Sorry. Don't worry. That camera's on me anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, all the sites went offshore, so they're horrible. Like People like myself would look at them every morning to support my team. Yeah. And now they're like horribly pornographic because they're offshore. Mm. They're in Albania and, you know, Belize. I got a question. It's talking about
1: websites. What about the deep web?
2: Well, we're going to get deep into that in the subject that will be on the there. Sex,
1: next, right. topic. Okay. Uh,
2: deep web. Uh, to to answer your question briefly is really used by child pornographers so if a pimp is selling a girl who's under 18 and taking those photos he will sell those out for child pornography and they will end up with pornographers in the deep web got it right now most of your sex trafficking is taking place in the surface or clear web where we all live but the photos have
1: girls but this is more like underground Photos and videos of pornography.
2: But your point is well taken, Ryan, because it won't be long, I believe, in probably 18 months, that cyber sex on demand, webcam sex, or what I call interactive pornography, where they put people in front of webcams uh, to commit sex acts, it's kind of like homegrown or amateur pornography. I believe it'll be the biggest crime in the world probably Mm -hmm. in less than 18 months. And it will be at that point what you'll see is more and more of those sites will find the person on the clear web, the area we live, and then they will be sold out into subscriptions in the dark web. So I believe we're going to transition in the next 18 months. Wow.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Okay. So did you talk about uh, the L.A. case? Is that the L.A. case that you want to talk uh, about? Actually, I wanted to talk about a case that I was involved in because I think it's important for parents to hear this. Uh, I was involved in bringing in the largest case in Riverside County, had 120 victims that we took to court. Mm-hmm. We believe might have had over 200 victims, all teenagers. Um, the way recruiting takes place is it is either because you want to be loved. And by the way, that's why foster kids are so vulnerable. Sixty percent of kids in prostitution come from foster care. 16%. Sixty percent. Sixty. Six-oh. And it's because... They don't have yeah, an, right. they don't have that anchor relationship. They mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. hole in their mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. And in California, we give them a cell phone and they say, okay, I'm going to kiss a few frogs, but one of them's going to believe in me. By the way, me and kids' motto is, I believe in you. We give out braces to foster kids. We sell them for a buck a piece. And then everyone we sell, we give one to a foster kid. So, so a lot of it is you want to be loved, you want to be liked, you want to be approved of like that. But the other one is what we call the easy money scheme. They will make it look like you're going to make a lot of money in modeling or being in a rap band. That's a huge one, being in a rap band. Or sometimes uh, just how you pick up extra money doing prostitution. So my case uh, that I got involved with was a 44-year-old Hispanic guy out of Hemet, a small town out in Riverside County. He was married had three children. He was a realtor. His name was Eliaberto Jacoba. And uh, this was back when our kids were still on Facebook. It took us about three years to get him to trial. And so he got the photo of a girl. He called her Marissa Garcia. We don't know if he knew her or if that was her name. That was some name he made up. And Marissa, in his Facebook, fake Facebook article. She was a prostitute. She had a brand new car. She got her nails done. She went to Vegas. She went to dinner. She had everything she wanted. And according to her Facebook page, you too could earn this kind of money. And so, believe it or not, more than 200 of our teenagers in the Inland Empire contacted this Facebook page. They don't know they're talking to him, and they said, show me how to make this kind of money. So when I talk to kids, we talk about the easy money scheme Mm -hmm. will be the most expensive money you ever earn. Well, what happened is, is more than 100 of our kids, almost about 120, went to the next level after talking to Marissa Garcia, and many of them met up with him and had sex with him. When he was through, he set them down and said, Let's look at the videotape we just made together. That's it. That's you it are now in it. And you know, they were absolutely humiliated, they were terrified. Seventeen of them were put into hardcore prostitution. Now, let me tell you what's powerful about this. I've been training in schools now for about um, eight years, I think. Trained tens and tens and tens of thousands of kids. One day I was training, and at the second session, two beautiful little girls come up, about 15 years old, had long, kinky hair. They were laughing. They thought it was a joke. You know, I've never met a victim yet that understood what was about to happen, and they were one of them. They handed me, or two of them, they handed me their phone, and they said, "Miss Singleton, you think this is something because we're just playing a game with this girl. Just playing a game with a girl. That's mm-hmm. all they thought. And I looked at that, and I called my boss. And we started that case before it was over. We were able, we interviewed over 200 kids. We were able to take 120 of those kids cases to court. And by the way, Shout out to law enforcement. It takes a mighty effort to take 120 teenagers and put a case together for court. Anyway, wow. he ended up got 122 years in prison. He appealed, he lost, and he'll be there for life. That but I share that with kids because never once did those kids understand the route they were about to they, go They down. just thought they were playing a game. Yeah, that's the whole dude, that's the whole thing with social media yeah. with,
0: with this aspect with I know there's so many things and I know we have another show that we're going to do too. But what is the biggest thing that parents need to be aware of? H- how prominent is this danger that mm-hmm. we're facing in our society today?
2: It is absolutely prominent. Uh. I believe the answer to this is building a partnership between a parent and a child. But uh, if you're already down that road where you don't have that kind of relationship, then I would ask that you sit down and re-examine the relationship and figure out how to back it up. Uh, Truthfully, uh, it's a dual problem, the parent and the child. Uh, one of the problems and we'll really get into it with technology is that most parents have almost no understanding of how the internet's made and how each of these apps work now many parents are very uh, concerned so they get these ghost apps these trackers that yeah. and all of that's good filters and all of that is good but you are about to reach a stage where those won't work and we'll get deep into that in your next show when we get talking about technology and i encourage your listeners to to be sure and tune in the oh, next week will. to Don't hear worry. it. But it really has to do with the fact that they have to get involved, and we have to have this tough conversation. It's a, it's a fascinating thing that is happening. I, I believe that 8% of America's teenagers are being violated through social media exploitation. 70% of teenagers involved in sex trafficking were previously sexually violated. If you're now getting 8% that are being socially media violated, you're creating a whole new inventory for kids yep. who are more likely to take chances on the Internet and end up meeting up with someone, going out and trying to either build a relationship or negotiate back a, where they're being blackmailed.
1: And it all goes that fantasy
2: and It goes out into the fantasy. So the name of the game for a parent, number one, I'd encourage you to buy um, seduced the grooming of America's teenagers and the next uh, book that I have which we'll talk about next segment is called societal shift a world without borders a home without walls educate yourself mom and dad it's a hard conversation to have but it is real and by not by pretending it's not out there and refusing to understand how it works is literally making your child so much more vulnerable The other thing is, then, once you understand, is let's make leaders of your children. I talk to thousands, tens of thousands of teenagers. They don't want to be violated. They don't want to get involved in this. They want to be leaders. Most kids are great kids. But what are we doing to prepare them for a world without borders, where literally pimps can come into their bed at 3 o'clock in the morning going, hi, let's get acquainted? Oh, my goodness. And you know, so we have to prepare the parent, and then we have to prepare the child. Yep. It is up to us as Christian parents yep. to be able to give them the education, the knowledge the the tools and resources so that they can be leaders in the most important generation that's ever lived
1: yeah if we don't if we don't train them, we're just setting them up for a failure, and that's why you're seeing the high statistics with the kids from uh, foster homes and from broken homes. Right. You know, 50% of the kids in California come from broken homes. That's right. I mean, I was just in Mexico. I was just in Durango last week and they were telling me how like a lot of these kids are growing up, going to the cartel and stuff because they come from broken homes. I said, well, where are their dads? They said, they're all in America. Right. So they're, they're coming Mm -hmm. in through getting smuggled through coyotes. Mm -hmm. They're here. They're leaving. So we got, kids there that come from broken homes you got kids here in broken homes and you you see what's happening
2: yeah one of the things i want to address with your parents is talk to your kids about running away and don't run away get a plan b you know just assume the day will come when your kid doesn't agree with you okay and sit down and talk with them and say if this reaches this point Go to your pastor, your youth leader, your neighbor, your Aunt Mary, your Uncle Bob. Go to somebody. Go to your school resource officer. Go to somebody, but don't get on the street. Depending on whose statistics you read, one out of five or one out of seven teenagers who run away will be a victim of sex trafficking in the first 48 hours. It goes just like that. They're absolutely vulnerable. So. To have that tough conversation with your kid and say, you know, you're growing up in the most exciting time in all of history, but you're also growing up in one of the most dangerous times. And so I want to come alongside you and prepare you to be able to just come alongside with your kids, shaking your little finger, going, thou shall not, thou shall not, what are you doing? Will not get it. You must form a partnership with your child.
0: When we're talking about all these things, you know, you, you have brought up so, so many aspects from the different ways of grooming, from a boyfriend to yeah. girls that get involved, also with like the gorilla aspect of the, the threat and, and being very aggressive. And so they're able to access them a lot of times through dating sites, different stuff. That's one way. Right. Schools. Mm-hmm. Where are some other kind of localities, locations that are vulnerable for, for young people?
2: Well, we'll really get into the new technologies okay. uh, in the following week on that segment because there is something called mass audience live streaming. At least that's the name I've given it. Uh, the most common one now is TikTok, mm-hmm. um, and the other one is Like L I K E E. Uh, you're about to well, you're about to have Lasso from Facebook, and then what started it was Live Dot Me. All of those are different than the normal technology. Like you, if you think about when we were on Facebook. Uh, you know, your kid had 45 followers and we were freaking. Who are those people? Right. You know, yes. and are, do they have a friend of a friend? And how do we track them? You know, those days are gone, man. Mm. It is not uncommon as, as we'll really get into technology in yeah. your next segment for a child to have half a million followers. Mm. And, you know, they see that as an exciting and good thing, and it will be the way of the future. However, if you have a half a million followers – How many of them are bad guys, especially if you don't know who they are, (laughs) you know? My math isn't all that strong, so let's say 1%, <laughs> a half a million followers, that's 5,000 pedophiles that can text back and talk to your child. So this mm-hmm. is the reason why I'm saying we must draw a line in sand. By the way, this is why I'm creating a documentary yep. uh, that we Instruct. want to get funded out there because I want to show parents how this thing is made and how it works, and I want to show kids. Kids don't want to be violated. We must give them the equipment to understand. Mm-hmm understand the world they're living in so uh i think when you spoke because i've heard a couple different people speak on human
1: trafficking um were you the one that said it's like uh you know putting your kid having a device is like putting your kid dropping your kid out (laughs) at a house house party and you have no idea what's going on but what's going on inside the house party you got pedophiles drug addicts, all these people. Was that you that said
2: that? I said something similar. The one I like to say sometimes is uh, it, it's kind of like taking your nine-year-old, if you give your nine-year-old a phone, yeah. dropping them off on the 91 freeway without mentioning the cars are going up and down the freeway. And then when they get hit, you blame the payment. Yeah. It, it is happening out there and we have to understand it. Sometimes parents will say to me, when should I give my kid a cell phone? And I say, well, have you had this sex talk yet? Well, no, they're too young for the sex talk. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) If they're too young for the sex talk, they're too young for the phone because somebody's going to have the sex talk with them. Everything is there. I mean,
1: all they have to do is just hashtag a hashtag and you can find whatever you want. Oh,
2: absolutely. And that's exactly what they do.
1: On Instagram, I was watching funny videos Yep. and I clicked on this video, I had a funny face. Uh I clicked on it and it was actually porn. Yep. Yep. I'm like well, the, I, I yeah. told my wife I'm like dude, on Instagram just on right. a funny video right. website.
0: When yeah. she started off this show and we're talking about how strategic everything has been, it doesn't surprise me that there's all these different, you know, avenues to be mm-hmm. able to go through. They think through all those aspects to get as many much traffic as possible.
1: Right. I, I I got a I got a uh interesting thing that happened to me. This was probably a couple of weeks ago at my house in my living room. Someone told me, hey, Check out this video. It's called Rich in Faith. It was like about a, a pastor. It's like a TV show and like oxygen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I watched the trailer on Facebook. In my living room, my kids are there, my wife, everyone there. And then the next video that comes up after was soft porn. Yep. After a Christian TV show, right. the next yep. video that slid in it opened up to soft porn. And I'm like, yeah. call my wife. I'm like, dude, look at this.
2: Let yeah. me let me give you a different example. We have what we have forty-eight seconds i'll save it for next week i wanted okay, to talk good. about video game chat rooms and animated yes. video game character pornography so your folks need to come back next week they will be get here
1: it. i guarantee you <laughs> listeners you know you'll be back because whenever we have these epic shows like this they can't get more they're going to be telling me bring her back on bring her back on and we'll bring you back on months to come after you have more content and more stories so all right where can you find this show download the whosoever's app it's all free. It's the video cast. You can watch it there. Three and a half years of archives. Um, and if you want to learn about Jesus, we've got the Gospel of John on there, too. You can book our, our Kill the Noise tour. We tour all over
2: the world. Um, we're everywhere. Can I get my email address? Oh, please. Absolutely. If folks want to reach me, they can reach me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. Follow us on Facebook at Million Kids or go to millionkids.org to see our website.
1: That's a wrap. So we will, uh, remember, tune in next week. She will be in studio. Talk to you guys later.
0: This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to LifeAudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.